But with that, we're going to get right on in to the show. What is up and welcome to Twig, your weekly geekly family-friendly news show that tackles everything from a total TwitchCon recap to Spider-Man 2 being too short with some games in between. If you're listening on the podcast version of our show, be sure to give us a good review. Or if you're listening over on YouTube, first off, hi, YouTube. And second, make sure you click that like and subscribe if you haven't already. Or you could come and listen live on Twitch every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern when we record this show and you can interact with the chat and do so much more with us if you come on this night. Folks, as you can tell, I have a special guest with me once again this week, so we're going to actually let them introduce themselves with the way that we always start the show, which is, what did you watch? What did you play? What did you read? So let us know in the chat what that might be, and with that, I'm going to let our guest tell us theirs. I'm Chris. I'm the Digimintern, and this this week I have been watching The Rookie Feds because I finished The Regular Rookie, and it's significantly worse but i it, i still enjoy it <laughs> i had no idea there were spinoffs of the rookie so it did that well there is one spinoff it is one season and i i have very low hopes that it would get renewed it has not yet been renewed um it's very new though yeah and it's not the greatest <laughs> i mean i enjoy the show but the lead actor is not the best actor i see as much as i love her character and then what else did I do? I've been playing Minecraft because Czech Olympics and then also Czech Olympics just making me want to play more Minecraft. And then what else have I done? Oh, I watched Red, White, and Royal Blue last night, and it was really good. I hadn't seen that yet. Now I need to read the book, which I've read one of that author's other books. And I hope they make that one into a movie because it's so good. But yeah, I think that's that's all I've done this week. <laughs> Very cool. I have just finished watching The Fall of the House of Usher literally today. I am all emotional about it. It was an absolute masterpiece. 10 out of 10. 11 out of 10. Exceptional television show. Maybe, just maybe tied with Haunting of Hill House for my favorite thing from Mike Flanagan. If you are a horror buff out there, you need to watch The Fall of the House of Usher. So incredibly good. Reading, I enjoyed our Wayward Pines read-through for our Checkpoint Church book club, but I'm moving on to book two of Pines. So I finished Wayward. I think that's the order. No. The first one is Pines. The second one is Wayward for some reason. I don't know why they did that, but they did. And so I'm moving on to the second book, still reading the audiobook. I really hope that they keep the same voice actor because I've got it in my head that that is my Ethan. So if they change it to somebody else, I don't know how I'm going to respond to that. And another thing that's just coming to a close. So actually, all three of these are things that I'm wrapping up. I wrapped up Usher, I wrapped up Pines, and I last night rolled credits on Mario Wonder. So Super Mario Brothers Wonder, I have officially rolled credits on. Pretty short game. I'm not really a completionist type. I doubt I will go back and try to finish the rest of the game, but I really did enjoy my time. I thought it was incredibly polished and just had that Nintendo magic. Did what I needed as far as what I expect and want from a Super Mario Brothers game. I gave it a five star. Honestly, I think it would be a nine out of 10, but I don't do half stars. I think we talked about this somewhere in the past week. I can't stand the half star system because it drives me up a wall. I like seeing the nice, clean five star system. So I would give it a nine, but I rounded up to 10 just because it's Mario and it has that iconic staying power. So do let us know in the chat what you might have been watching, reading, or playing. Mayfly says, play D&D on Sunday. That absolutely counts. While I think most people typically think of playing video games when we say watch, play, read, they certainly do not have to be video games. They can be board games. They can also be tabletop games of any variety. So... That's great stuff. Okay, we're going to get into some of our trending headlines of the show. But like I said, feel free to keep on interacting in that chat, letting us know what you might have watched, played, or read, or if you have any thoughts about the news as we go through it. And we're going to start with TwitchCon. TwitchCon Las Vegas kicks off with a bang, unveiling a slew of new features and updates to boost user experience, collaboration, and safety on the platforms. We're going to go through all of the things that they announced, just kind of quickly bullet through them. During the opening day of TwitchCon Las Vegas, Twitch made several significant announcements celebrating the vibe vibrant Twitch community. First off, they updated stories on Twitch, which I have not taken advantage of because I'm logged in on my Nerd Pastor Nate account on my phone, and I don't feel like buying a second phone, nor do I feel like unlogging, like, like, like logging out. I don't want to do that. So we'll see if I end up using that at any point. I probably should since it's my job, but you know, 
Time will tell with that one. I think they've added in new enhancements such as short videos, tagging, links, GIFs, and polls, you know, like stories everywhere else. Improvements to clips. A scrollable discovery feed has been introduced. That's a big deal. And featured clips will get new functionalities. That didn't work quite as well as I was hoping, such as featuring clips from the creation flow and allowing moderators to select feature clips. Stream together, the newly renamed guest star feature, Stream Together, will let up to six streamers collaborate simultaneously. New functionalities include shared viewership merged chats and impromptu collaborations. That's pretty cool. Customizable alerts. Animated emotes can soon be added to alerts and Twitch is doubling the animated emote slots. New alerts for third-party interactions are also in the works. Better ad control. Streamers will have more control over ad experiences and access to insights about ad engagement and performance. New holiday promotions in December will offer discounts on subs, gifts, bits, rewards, and a holiday-themed hype train. Some safety measures. Updates to the off-service conduct policy, which are including actions against doxing and swatting. Channel-level chat warnings and enhanced auto-mod functionalities will also bolster that level of safety. Twitch embeds policy change. Autoplay will be prohibited when the Twitch stream isn't significant to the web page, effective from November 15th onward. And then simulcasting policy updates. This is the one everyone was talking about. Twitch now allows simulcasting on any live streaming service, granting streamers more freedom in choosing where to stream. Twitch urges the community to share their feedback and anticipate some revealing more details about these updates in the coming months. So... That's a lot and a lot that I just went through, through those bulleted items, but those are some pretty exciting things. And obviously they pertain to our ministry as we are a church that meets people through Twitch. So this is a lot of new things and we care a lot about these. And so we wanted to share them with you to let you know all the things that are happening that could impact us directly. Any thoughts on any of these that stand out to you? I mean, this simulcasting thing is pretty cool. I think that's going to I feel like that'll change a lot since so many so many streamers have left Twitch for other platforms. That might bring more back. It it kind of reads as like maybe they're losing a significant amount of business and they're hoping that will help, but it sounds like yeah. a pretty good update. I think so too. I think it's an exciting bit of, of updates. I'm I'm curious about the fact that they keep adding in so many other social media app like features. We keep complaining about it. So it makes sense that they would be adding things, but I don't know if they're adding it in quite the way I would want. Like the stories thing. I just don't know if that works for Twitch. I hope it's working, but they could just walk it back. And then clips. I'm glad they finally gave us a discovery feed, but the featured clip thing was not it. Stream together. I always wanted to use guest star and just never got around to it. But I really think that that could be something that Checkpoint could do much better of like collaborating with Love Thy Nerd and Jate and other streamers out there and like saying, let's do a guest star together and play such and such new game when it comes out together. So maybe that'll be something happening in the future. And then, of course, the simulcasting thing, as you mentioned, if we were going to simulcast anywhere, I think it'd be YouTube. But I'm just so worried about keeping up. I know there's like Restreamio and places like that that you can have the chats merged into one chat. I definitely don't have any interest in streaming on Facebook. I don't really like Facebook, and I've made that very clear. So I think that YouTube and Twitch are our two main platforms and something I'm curious about. But we'll see if we make steps in that going forward. So let us know your thoughts about any of those Twitch updates in the chat. But we're going to move on to our next news story. Get ready for a post-apocalyptic journey in Los Angeles with the Fallout TV show de- debuting April 12th, bridging high-quality production with a fresh narrative. The official release date for the Fallout TV show is set for April 12th, 2024, as announced via a Pip-Boy-themed tweet. The initial teaser for this highly anticipated show was showcased at Gamescon 2023 during a presentation for Bethesda's Starfield. Todd Howard, the creative director, offered attendees an exclusive first look at Prime Video's TV to expect, showcasing scenes such as the Brotherhood of Steel marching in a setting reminiscent of Dune's Arrakis, iconic vertebrate vehicles, a vault opening, multiple nuclear explosions, and a glimpse of a character played by Walton Goggins that appears similar to Fallout 4's John Hancock. Despite the limited preview, the high production values and impressive visual effects were evident. The narrative of the show will be distinct from the game's effect confirmed by Todd Howard. Jonathan Nolan, known for his work on Westworld, is at the helm of the project. The show is set in Los Angeles and will touch upon Vault 33. During the presentation, Howard mentioned his admiration for Jonathan Nolan's Interstellar, which inspired Starfield. Howard expressed his longstanding desire to create a Fallout TV show and shared that he discussed the idea with Nolan leading to the show's production. 
pretty interesting stuff. I'm glad we finally have a date. April is sooner than I expected. I think I, I for some reason, I had this coming out like maybe next fall at the earliest, but I'm very curious about it. I love Walton Goggins. I think he's a fantastic actor and a, a very versatile one for this kind of a production. He could be a comedic actor if they need him to be, but he could also be very serious depending on what the role kind of requires of him. And it's hard to not like talk up any of the Nolan brothers, right? I mean, we know Chris and Chris and Jonathan Nolan are like iconic whenever it comes to directing classic projects, you know, starting off with Memento to begin their illustrious career and then so many highlights of Chris Nolan's throughout the throughout the years. And then Jonathan kind of popping up here and there with with pretty humongous movies and directorial works over TV shows like Westworld. So I'm excited. I think it's gonna be great. I'm optimistic. Yeah, it sounds interesting. Reading that just made me realize how much I don't know about Fallout, which is to say I know nothing. I have yet to play it. I do own a couple of them now, so they're on my backlog, but I've never played them. Yeah, the thing about Fallout that's so interesting is this cataclysmic event happens, and then you have, it's almost kind kind of like cyberpunk in the sense that it has this like, eras of lore that keeps happening. And so it could be anything like they could do anything with this. And the brotherhood of steel could be like just getting started, or they could be at a period where they're corrupt. There could be people that are, you know, they could know about super mutants at this point, or they could discover super mutants for the first time in the show. There's like a lot of possibilities they can do with fallout. Pretty much all that it has to be is that it's centered around a vault. So I'm excited for whenever they finally announce. So I guess they said touch upon vault 33. I'm excited they tell us more about vault 33 and that's probably in the lore too i bet i could probably look it up on fallout wiki and vault 33 has some kind of lore already built into it and that could probably tell us all we need to know about the show but this is exciting and hopefully this will be the, the impetus for you to you know finally step up to the plate and play a fallout game because i think you'd love them i love them a whole lot and think their stories are great and i'm excited to see another one With that, we're going to move into our next segment of the show, which is diving into a mesmerizing world with Studio Ghibli's The Boy and the Heron, featuring an all-star cast and the genius of Hayao Miyazaki, premiering December 8th. The The Boy and the Heron, a Studio Ghibli latest film, boasts an impressive English voice cast. Names such as Christian Bale, Dave Bautista, Mark Hamill, Florence Pugh, and Robert Pattinson stand out among others. Christian Bale leads as Shoichi Maki, the father of young Mahito Maki. The film, set during World War II, follows Mojito into an alternate world brimming with Ghibli's signature imagery. While it was previously labeled as Hayao Miyazaki's last film, recent reports suggest Miyazaki is already working on another movie. Nobody's surprised. The film is scheduled for a December 8th release in theaters in the U.S. Have you ever seen a Ghibli film, Chris? I have seen one, I think. I don't think I've seen two yet, but I know that I've seen... Oh, what was it? Tiki's Delivery Service. Okay. I don't think I've seen any others, but yeah, it was really cute. And definitely up my alley. I just never got into it. But it's surprising that that is your first. Most people have always seen Spirited Away. Like that's always their first Ghibli. It seems to be. But there are there are so many good ones out there, and I hope you'll continue pushing on with them. I'm excited for this. Hopefully, I'll get to see it in theaters. I have only ever gotten to see exactly one anime movie in theaters, and it was a real delight. So I would love to see even more in the future. But yeah, not too much to say about this one other than just neat. Good. Cool. I'm glad right. it's, it's coming to the West and we get more looks into what this is going to be. All right, right. On to our next story. Gear up for Microsoft's Xbox partner preview on October 25th, showcasing thrilling new games, trailers, and gameplay, but keeping some big announcements under wraps. Microsoft has scheduled an Xbox partner preview broadcast event for October 25th, set to run for 30 minutes, focusing on upcoming games for Xbox, Windows PC, and Game Pass. The event will showcase titles from Xbox's third-party partners, such as Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth by Ryuga Gotoku Studio, a launch trailer for Alan Wake 2 by Remedy Entertainment, and gameplay for Ark Survival Ascended by Studio Wildcard, among others. Over 20 minutes will be dedicated to trailers and gameplay footage. Notably, there won't be any new any news regarding the recent acquisition of Activism, Activision Blizzard King or about new Xbox hardware, as the previous leak indicated potential hardware releases in 2024 and 2028. 
yeah, this is exciting. I don't, I can't remember what time of day this is going to be, but I'm sure we'll talk all about it tomorrow over on our Discord. So if you haven't taken the time to join the Discord yet, you absolutely should. It'll be linked down below in the description, and you should check it out with us. Maybe we'll watch it together if it's during a time where we're actually on the on the Discord server, or if it's during work hours for me. But I think this is good stuff. I'm always excited for more trailers, and hopefully we see some new things. It does say showcasing thrilling new games, so I don't know if that means new games as in they are games that will be new when they come out, or if it means new games as in unannounced games. That would be super cool. It is interesting to have this happening so close to the Game Awards. I don't know if that's just... Maybe maybe this happened last year. They did an Xbox partner preview thing, but not sure as far as this goes. Any thoughts on this one from you? I just checked it. It looks like it'll be 1 p.m. Eastern. I don't know. I never know like what... I don't know. I don't usually know a lot of the games that are coming out or like have specific interest in them, but... Sometimes there's one that I'm not expecting. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I'll definitely watch it, but I don't know. I'm I'm also less connected to the Xbox world because, right. literally, because my Xbox is not in the same place that I live anymore. Well, they make it hard not to be connected whenever they're just buying up all the studios. So it's definitely tough not to at least have one game that you've loved at some point that doesn't end up on the Xbox universe in some way, shape, or form. So they 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 continue to do that. I know that H-Man B-Surfer will be very excited about another trailer look at Alan Wake 2, and we should be very excited about Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, getting more look at the Like a Dragon series, of course, formerly known as the Yakuza series. Interesting stuff coming out of there. With that, we're going to move into our next one. Bethesda's Starfield rockets to the top as the best-selling game of September 2023, impressively surpassing Mortal Kombat 1, even with its day one Xbox Game Pass debut. Bethesda Starfield clinched the title of best-selling game for September 2023 in the U.S., surpassing Mortal Kombat 1, as reported by Circana. This achievement is noteworthy given that Starfield was available on Xbox Game Pass from its release date. Starfield launched on PC and Xbox Series X and S on September 6th, while Mortal Kombat 1 released on multiple platforms, including Xbox Series XS, PlayStation 5, PC, and Nintendo Switch on September 19th. Other top games for the month included EA Sports, FC 24, Madden NFL 24, and Payday 3. In terms of sales, Mortal Kombat 1 matched the sales numbers of Mortal Kombat 11 from April 2019. Starfield currently ranks as the seventh best-selling game of 2023, closely followed by Mortal Kombat 1 in the eighth position. Hogwarts Legacy holds the top spot for this year, with The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom trailing. The Sakana Report also highlighted that the PS5 led in sales for September, and overall U.S. consumer spending on video games reached $4.5 billion, marking a 10% increase from the previous year. So... Interesting, interesting stuff here. I'm fascinated by the fact that Starfield performed better than than people expected. I think that it was a great game. I think it was uh, really good work. I personally did buy the game. I did not play it on Game Pass, and that was because I wanted to play it on my Steam Deck. And I wasn't interested in fiddling with cloud technology. I wanted to actually install it to my device so that it would play as best as it possibly could on a device that was already going to have to downgrade it quite a few notches. Interesting. Very interesting, though, keeping up with these with these records and with the charts. And I am disappointed to see that Hogwarts Legacy holds the top spot. I really wish it didn't, but it does. I just <laughs> don't like that game, and I don't want it to win awards. And I'm, I'm worried it's going to, but I don't think it deserves it. Doggone it. All right, what do you think, Chris? I agree on Legacy, not that I know much about Hogwarts Legacy, the game, but just because of Harry Potter and J.K. Rowling and everything. Yes. <laughs> I don't want it to win anything. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know a whole lot about Starfield. So. Well, it's another it's great game. Fun. It's very similar to Fallout. So if you enjoy Fallout, you may want to check out Starfield in the future. Really good story. I will say Starfield's story impressed me pretty dramatically. Like I... I with Fallout games, I typically set my expectations of the story pretty low and let myself just kind of lean into the role play of like, I'm going to create a lot of this story. But Starfield, who boy, no, it 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 took you on a journey if you were willing to go along with it. And I think they they excelled in that way. So I would recommend it uh, to just about anybody. And uh, I think that it's definitely worth the accolades that it seems to be receiving. All right, into our final headline news article. Spider-Man 2 swings into the heart of the cost versus length debate with Insomniac emphasizing quality over quantity and promising more content to come. The creator, cre- creative director of Spider-Man 2, Brian In- Intihar from Insomniac Games, addressed the debate over the cost of game versus its length. 
a cost of the game versus its length. This discussion surfaced when early players revealed that achieving the Platinum Trophy took about 25 to 30 hours. Some fans found this duration satisfactory, equating it to the original game, while others believed the game was too short for its full price. Spider-Man 2 retails at $69.99, the same as other long-duration games like Elden Ring and Diablo 4. However, Intihar emphasized that for Insomniac, the focus is on delivering a quality experience regardless of the game's length. He stated that their goal is to ensure players feel their investment in the game is worthwhile. Additionally, to enhance the game's value, Insomniac plans on introducing a new game plus mode and other features by the end of 2023, although no specific DLC has been confirmed. I think a 30-hour game is plenty long enough. I've heard, like, all of the articles and the arguments and the takes on, like, well, how, like, much would I spend on a movie ticket and how many hours would I spend doing this versus seeing a movie? And you can do all of the math that you want to, kind of like girl math. There's a video game math that people try to do in making up whatever justification they need to. But, like, $70 is still drastically too cheap for a video game. The fact that we're able to pay so little for something that takes people so much time to make and so many workers to make is something that we should just be super in- enthused about. We should be thrilled that games are as inexpensive as they are, even if 60 or $70 can be, for some people, the only game they can afford a year if they can even afford it. You know, that's a different story as far as cost and effectiveness and how we should be lending games and all that. But as far as the actual like cost analysis of a video game, and especially a game as beautiful looking as Spider-Man 2, like this took a lot of work and a lot of effort. And it shouldn't be about length of time that it takes to beat a game. It should be about the, the fact that they're building this work of art with a team that deserves to be paid. It goes back to the thing that we keep talking about week after week after week here on Twig of people being fired and let off and huge layoffs and cutbacks and Epic having to figure out new ways to figure out how to pay their employees. Like this is all one big mess. And whenever I hear people complain about the cost of video game, it just is like, you, you can't, you can't. It's, it's, we're already paying too little and we should just be glad that they only went up $10. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, yeah it doesn't seem, I mean, it seems like a $70 game to me. I've, at this point in my life will have never and don't see myself anytime soon spending that much on a game like $30 is a is a stretch for me but that's cuz I'm in college but I also know that and and I'm okay with waiting to play a game until well after it's popular you know I I still haven't played the first Spider-Man cuz it's still like 50 or something but I'm happy with my Jacksepticeye playthrough <laughs> like, yeah yeah and I think that that you can't really complain about game companies having to lay off employees and not paying people well enough and then also complain about games being too expensive. You can't have it both ways. So, yeah, you know. We're trying to hold both those things at once. And it's, it's just not fair. Yeah. And it's okay to say, like, I can't afford to buy this game right now, but that doesn't mean that's not the price value of the game. And, yeah, it's I would prioritize. I mean, yes, this means I don't get to play Spider-Man unless somebody else has it for a very long time. But I would rather the people that are putting in that much work get paid enough for their effort than me get to play the game. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. I think you said it wonderfully and we can really leave it at that because that sums up the argument. If, if you want to have it both ways, you just simply can't. And so we want, we want here at Checkpoint workers to be treated as ethically as possible. And so that is something that we are enthusiastically in support of, regardless of the cost of games. We want to make sure that unions are being formed and workers are being supported in the best and most adequate way. So if we have to pay $70 for a game, doggone it, we're going to do it. And if you are in a state where you need to personally not do harm to yourself via your finances, then that is a responsible choice to make. And we respect that as well. Do let us know your thoughts in the chat as far as any of those things or any of the news articles that we've talked about so far. And we're going to get into everybody's, of course, favorite segment of the show. That is right. It is Cryptic Critiques, our game show that we do here on Twig, in which I have found five-star games that have been given mysteriously one-star reviews that I will then try to deliver to our guest as well as our chat to see if you can get what game I am talking about based off of these bad reviews. So 
I will read off each prompt. Do let me know if you get it before we reach the third prompt. But because we have our guest Chris here today, I'm not. I'm going to ask you not to type in the chat until Chris has had a chance to at least give one guess. Then I'll open it up to the rest of the chat. So our game for today, the first one-star review prompt is, if you, well, I spoiled it. <laughs> I didn't mean to send this to you, Chris. Don't look at that word. <laughs> if you've played any other game in this franchise and you still like this one, then you're a psychopath and I could give this a zero. I would. I wasn't expecting a guest to see that. <laughs> I was expecting to just read it. If you've played any other game in this franchise and you still like this one, then you're a psychopath. If I could give this a zero, I would. That's the first one star prompt. The second one star prompt this game is like an old silent movie, but for video games. If you really care about the history of gaming, definitely play through this. If you don't, it's really not worth going back to. Second prompt, keep it in your head. If anybody's got it, be sure to keep it in there and let me know that you got it in the second prompt. With that, we're going to do our third and final one-star prompt. I can't believe that they made a Chris Pratt origin story adaptation in video game form. Now, that should, that, that should give it away. Uh, I can't believe that one would have given away the first one anyway. I can't believe that they made a Chris Pratt origin story adaptation in video game form. All right. So you definitely know the franchise. Right. <laughs> you know which game in the franchise it might be, Chris. So I don't know a lot of Mario games, <laughs> but I have played Super Mario Galaxy. That's my one and only and also favorite, but... I feel like it's older than that, the way that they wrote about it. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's one of the early Super Mario Brothers, but I don't know which one. Just Super Mario just, Brothers? Could just be Super Mario Brothers, yeah. If you said Super Mario Brothers, you would be correct. It's the very first <laughs> Super Mario Brothers, the classic, classic entry into the gaming franchise. Not the one with the pipes and the shoot down, but the first one that was an actual platformer. So there you go. It was hard to find one-star reviews. It really was. A lot of three-star reviews for Super Mario Brothers, but very few one-star reviews. A lot of people thought it was pretty mid, but if you were going to find some that really didn't like it, or if they were going to meme on it, mean on it as far as the, I can't believe they made a Chris Pratt origin story. Um, that was the best we could do. So congratulations, Chris, you did it. You got the guess. You won the game. You nailed it. With that, we're going to go on to another segment of the show, but definitely not the favorite. That's right. It is to the Discord. This is submitted news. People have submitted news to us, preferably over in our Discord channel, Exclamation Discord, if you haven't already. I ask every single Monday under our Ask Questions, Get Answers section of our Discord, uh, what news should Twig know about? Or if you are not in our Discord and want to submit news directly to us, you can go to bit.ly slash dearTwig, D-E-A-R-T-W-I-G. We'd love to get the news from you in that way. With that, we're going to get started with our first submitted news piece. I didn't write down who submitted them. So whoopsie daisy. Thank you, whoever submitted this first one. Magic the Gathering is set for a marvelous transformation with iconic superheroes joining the deck in a multi-year collaboration launching in 2025. Wizards of the Coast and Marvel have announced a partnership that will introduce renowned Marvel characters into the Magic the Gathering card game. This collaboration, revealed by Wizards of the Coast's pairing company, Hasbro, aims to develop collectible products and main sets spotlighting favorite Marvel figures. However, fans will have to wait until 2025 for these products to be available for purchase. The collaboration is unique as it's a multi-year, multi-set agreement, differing from earlier one-time partnerships like the one with Fallout. Marvel joins an extensive list of franchises that have collaborated with Magic the Gathering, including Final Fantasy, Assassin's Creed, and The Lord of the Rings. I feel like I don't know what's happening with MTG. I feel like Cam would be the one to definitely talk about this before me, who knows way more about all of this stuff than I do. But it feels like they're really trucking through these franchises. Like, it feels like they're collaborating up a storm in the past, like, two years. And I don't know if this has always just been the norm or if Wizards of the Coast is really revisioning their, like crossover with these famous franchises. I don't know what to expect from the future of them, but it feels like they are they are really partnering up 
with so many different franchises at such a expedited rate. Now, granted, we're gonna have to wait until 2025, and they're doing this like multi-series set, so this is clearly a little bit different. But like we've seen this, I feel like like in the past year, right? Haven't we seen Final Fantasy, Doctor Who, Lord of the Rings? Like we we just keep we keep going, and we're about to have Fallout, and it's like they're moving so quick, and I don't know. If that's if that's super new or or what the deal is, Cam says they started the universes beyond a few years ago. Started having a lot more last year, so it's not just me. It is actually sped up a little bit. What are your thoughts on this one, Chris? I mean, I'm I like Marvel. <laughs> I've never played Magic: The Gathering. I know maybe a couple people that have. I think, but maybe this will get me into it because I really like Marvel stuff. <laughs> It's a super fun game. I mean, there's no doubt that I that's what they want. They want to find people that are like, I've always thought about playing Magic, and I really like Fallout, or I really like Marvel, or I really like Lord of the Rings. And then they'll buy in to this thing. So, yeah, it's definitely... Oh, Final Fantasy is not out yet. Okay, I must have been mistaken there. So I knew that Fallout was coming out soon, and they had announced some stuff because I've seen some pictures that B-Surfer has posted over in the Discord. Um yeah, they're definitely hoping that you'll buy into it. I remember there was a conversation earlier in the year with the Marvel Snap guy, because that's not a card game, but it's sort of a card game. And they asked, like, do you think you would want to make a physical edition of the game? And he was super dodgy about it in the interview. And I bet this is why. Like, I'm sure there's some conversation behind the scenes of like, yeah, we're about to partner up with MTG. And like, that's a pretty bold move of us to make. So that's, that's, I, I'm surprised Marvel isn't just making their own card game. But I guess this is their response to it. And they probably will anyway, just like how they just had Disney make Lorcana. Like people partner up all the time and then go off in their own ways just to learn the company secrets. But it is curious. I, I, I worry for them in the fact that they're partnering up so fast. I'm worried they're like burning the excitement. I think about Pokemon and how they do like based off of the games and then they'll they'll just spin it out like every other month for years on end. Whereas this one, it's like, New franchise, new franchise, new franchise. And I just, I'm worried they're going to burn people out. That's what happened to my, my podcast host. She is a huge Doctor Who fan and has learned some MTG for the Doctor Who deck. It is the first deck she bought. Similarly, I have other friends that bought themselves or taught themselves to play Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I'm, I'm sure it's working. I hope it's working as, as rampantly as they want it to. And it's making the, the cost of partnering with these franchises worth it. I like seeing, I like seeing nerd communities thrive. So if it's going to be, if it's going to be anything, that's going to be my, my big perk here is that they're going to keep on building up these different franchises and lifting them up in a collaborative effort. And I think all around, that's a good thing. Okay, on to our next story about Diablo 4. D dive into Diablo 4's Season of Blood with a charitable twist. Donate blood and stand a chance to win a unique human blood-infused PC while making a difference. Blizzard is promoting the release of Diablo 4's new season, Season of Blood, with an unconventional blood drive campaign. For the duration of a month, players in the U.S. can donate blood to earn in-game rewards. If the cumulative... If the cumulative blood donations reach 666 quarts, Blizzard will raffle off a custom PC infused with real human blood. The high-end PC boasts NVIDIA's GeForce RTX 4090, an Intel Core i9 CPU, and 64 gigabytes of DDR5 RAM. Players don't need to donate to enter the PC sweepstakes. Any US-based player over 18 can participate once the donation goal is met. The blood drive runs until November 20th, and participants can donate at local blood centers, then provide evidence on the Diablo Blood Harvest website which is an amazing name for a website. Currently, the campaign has reached 15% of its target. Um, creepy, but not unheard of. I mean, I think we can all remember whenever uh, Lil Nas X did the like blood in the shoe or whatever. This seems to be a weird trend that just keeps happening. I don't know why. I think it's just for shock and awe of like, blood, what do you mean? And like everybody talks about it and it gets it gets us riled up. I'm glad that this one at least has a humanitarian effort tied to it, but it's just promotional. It's just promotional mumbo jumbo. Yeah, I saw this earlier and was with my roommate and so we had quite a reaction to it, especially because at first we were, I missed the charity part when I first looked at the headline, <laughs> so we were like, "They're they're doing a blood drive for it, for it, the product." Right. Yeah, they want you to um, donate your blood to their computer, which was a very very different. And we were also like, "How do how, how could they possibly need that much?" <laughs> and then we had thoughts of, "How is this going to be infused, and how is this safe?" But 
Yeah, I'm not sure what the actual, like, if it's just going to be, like, a little vial that's going to be, like, stacked on there somewhere and it's not actually going to do anything. I can't imagine what it's actually purpose it's going to serve in this. Infused is not a word that I like in this context, especially since it's a, a liquid-cooled PC. <laughs> I don't think blood would be helpful, but, you know, they didn't explain. <laughs> and it would get gross. I don't know. I, do, I feel like I'm not on board with anything except for the blood drive. But again, it's just, it's shock and awe, or not politics, but promotional marketing. And they, they know what they're doing. I'm sure it'll be just fine. And they'll get the attention and it'll have the effects. But I can't help but think of War of the Worlds. And whenever they had their like blood dust that they would then like spew out, I can't, I can't not think of that. When you talk about machines, you talk about blood. That's what I picture. So cool, cool, messed up, morbid, cool. Happy Halloween. We're almost there. All right, next up. Much happier. Minecraft shatters records with three hundred million dollars in or three hundred million sales, reinforcing its reign as the best-selling video game ever and showcasing its enduring appeal. Minecraft, the globally renowned sandbox video game, has reached a monumental milestone by selling over three hundred million copies, making it the best-selling video game of all time. In comparison, Grand Theft Auto V, another popular game, has sold over 185 million copies. Mojang Studios, the de developer behind Minecraft, celebrated this achievement during a Minecraft Live event, introdu introducing new features and announcing upcoming DLCs, including Star Wars Path of the Jedi and Planet Earth, set to release in the coming months. Helen Chang, Chang the head of Mojang Studios, e expressed her astonishment at the game's sustained success especially as it approaches its 15th anniversary. Minecraft's journey began in 2009 with an initial release by its creator, Marcus Notch Person, leading to the to official launches and continuous improvements before its full-fledged release in 2011. The perfect person to read off that one. I'm glad that I'm glad that you were on yep. this episode to tell us about this exciting <laughs> achievement. I love the drastic difference between like GTA five, one of the most iconic games of all time, like a game that has just sold so many and it's like not even in the same, you know, number of hundreds as Minecraft, <laughs> like Minecraft is about to, to skip hundreds beyond Grand Theft Auto five. That's just insane. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty exciting. I love that. Obviously, I have I was playing Minecraft for most of today. <laughs> it's just so much fun. So, it's the one game that I will always come back to regardless of anything else and I'll never get bored of it. So, I can see why. <laughs> You know, I, I toot Fortnite's horn maybe a bit too much of being this phenomenon of culture, but it's just because it's so prevalent. But Minecraft remains, you know, it's like the one that truly does not ever fade. They continually ad adapt and evolve and introduce new things and they move forward and uh, they do the same thing that Magic the Gathering is doing with the, with the franchise, you know, shaking hands. It, it's just good. It's all around good. And I'm, I'm thrilled for them. I'm thrilled that they continue to make an impact. I feel like it's a much healthier game, arguably, for kids than Fortnite and definitely mm -hmm. healthier than Roblox, although I'm sure there's toxicity as with any gaming franchise. But overall, the gameplay element of it is, is fairly innocent and intuitive and hopefully hopefully building the future of gamers. So... I think it's all around good, and I'm, I'm excited to see it. Hey, thanks for that sub, H-Man. Appreciate you. Yeah, 300 million sales. That's pretty insane. Hats off to Minecraft. This is only the beginning. Can't wait whenever we, we're on our, our, our eighth season of Twig and they've reached a billion. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. All right. Into our next segment of the show. At this point in history. All right, at this point in nerd history, what released on this day throughout time and nerdy space? Take it away, Chris. All right, so we have a lot of games. In 1995, Marvel Super Heroes was released, which is 28 years ago. In 2002, 21 years ago, Sid Meier's Civilization III Game of the Year edition was released. In 2005, The Sims 2 was released, the Game Boy Advance version in the U.S. and Canada. And also the the DS version of The Sims 2. On the DS... Yeah, like, that's that's confusing because the game is confusing. The name of the game is Nintendo DS, Nintendog's Best Friends. And it was, it was the Nintendo DS that contained that game built into it. That's why it's so confusing. So they released the Nintendog's version of a DS on this day. Gotcha. 
<laughs> that took me a second. Uh, and then also, Grand Theft Auto Liberty City Stories was released on, is that a PlayStation or PSP? PlayStation Portable. The original PlayStation Portable. PSP. I didn't know You know that what a exists. PSP is? You're making me feel so old, Chris. You're <laughs> feel ancient. You know, you said um, 2003 a couple weeks ago on Twig, and that made me feel old, but not knowing what a PSP is just made me, like, geriatric. I have a cane now. <laughs> well, I also didn't know anything about consoles for a very long time, so it's possible other people my age know more than I do. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, another Civilization game, Civ Four, was released the Windows version in the UK on this day, and also 2005. In 2006, Resident Evil 10th Anniversary Collection was released on GameCube. Marvel Ultimate Alliance was released on the Game Boy Advance. Nicktoons Battle for Volcano Island was also released on Game Boy. In 2011, 12 years ago, Kirby's Return to Dreamland was released on the Wii. I know that one. That was my first game. Actually, it wasn't my first. We had an Atari. <laughs> in 2017, Persona 5 Ultimate Edition was released. In 2018, Call of Duty Modern Warfare was released on a download release? PlayStation 4? 2021, just two years ago, Frog Detective 1, 2, and 3 were released on Steam for the Mac. And also, movies, we only have one. And in 2014, it was John Wick. Yep, just John Wick. I don't know why. Sometimes I find a ton of movies, and sometimes it's like a movie came out this day. Um, <laughs> there were other movies, but it's just like not nerdy movies at the very least. So um, crazy to believe that we're almost a decade away from the first John Wick, which is kind of what blows my mind. Um, Nicktoons Battle for Volcano Island, I put in there not because it's like a famous game, but because I can literally picture the cover art for that one sitting on the movie gallery shelf in advance like i can see it i can see it on the on the on the counter there and i don't i never rented the game i don't think it was a good game at all i think it did pretty terrible um but i can just i can picture it and then marvel ultimate alliance was a super fun one um that was a that was a really good marvel series that ultimate alliance ultimate alliance 2 i remember playing um that kind of like uh gosh what's the name of the games gauntlet where it was like gauntlet style where you had four players all kind of moving congruently super fun stuff there with that we're going to move into our next segment of the show That's right. It is our upcoming releases of the week. We got quite a few things coming out between TVs, movies, comics, and games. We're going to start off with just our one TV show, which will be dropping on the 27th of October. It's a TV show coming to Apple TV called Curses. And then movies. We have quite a few movies, some of which I'm excited about in a meany way. On the 27th, they're all coming out on the same day. Fingernails is coming to Apple TV. Sounds disgusting. Five Nights, is Fre Five Nights at Freddy's. The movie is finally here. It's finally happening. I, I have mixed feelings and mixed thoughts, but I'm here for it. I'm going to see it. And maybe we'll get a nerdy sermon out of it. Maybe, maybe not. Who could say? Ghost children possessing dolls, or not dolls, but animatronics? Maybe, maybe we can talk about it. Freelance is coming to the movie theaters. Lego Marvel Avengers is coming to Disney+. Plus. Pain Hustlers is coming to Netflix. South Park, joining the Panderverse, is coming to Paramount+. Plus. And the Enfield Poltergeist is coming to Apple TV. Lots of spooky shows and movies happening this week. In the world of comics, we have two comics coming out on the 25th. The first one is called Gone, and then the second one is The Wrong Earth. We can be series, uh, we can be heroes, which I believe is the sequel to a series called The Wrong Earth. So if you're familiar with the first in the franchise, the second one is coming out tomorrow. In the world of games, we have a, a few more coming out and some really exciting ones, especially if H-Man is still with us between league games. On the 24th, that is today, City Skylines 2 dropped. Dark Envoy is a new RPG that dropped today. Just Dance 2024 edition was released today. Rip Out Horror is a new first-person shooter. The Lord of the Rings Return to Moria. That's a new crafter sim survival RPG of Lord of the Rings. A new game called Stray Souls also dropped today. Coming tomorrow is Time Man and RPG Ecstasy. It is a mobile RPG on your phone. And then Ghostbusters Rise of the Ghost Lord is coming to your VR device tomorrow. On the 26th, we have the much-anticipated sequel to Ghost Runner, Ghost Runner 2, Journey to Foundation, and Strategic Mind, Spirit of Liberty. And then on the 27th, the game that I really think is much anticipated, especially by our own B-Surfer H-Man, is Alan Wake 2. 
is officially happening on the 27th. We're finally there. We've made it. Barbie Dreamhouse Adventures, also coming out that day for those of you that won't be playing Alan Wake 2. Desoladium is a new point-and-click game. Looks pretty interesting. Hero Survival is a new roguelike game. And then Sands of Aura is a new RPG. Looks actually pretty good. And Phantom Rose 2 Sapphire is a new deck-building roguelite. So... We'll see how some of these games do. Any of those things stand out to you, Chris? Something you're very excited to see in the world of TVs and movies, read in the world of comics, or play in the world of games? Again, I'm pretty curious about this LEGO Marvel Avengers, so I had to look it up because I've heard literally nothing. It looks like a maybe a limited series. It's unclear. And it is Co- LEGO Marvel Avengers Code Red. The villain is... Red Phantom, who doesn't exist, but Red Ghost does. So I guess maybe that's who? I've never heard of him. I don't know anything about this plotline, so we'll well, see. Uh, I may I watch it. I don't know how it. much effort they're putting into the Lego Marvel's Avengers series. They're putting straight yeah. to Disney+. Plus. Yeah, it doesn't sound... I mean, I, and I haven't seen a single ad or anything for it, so... I doubt they're putting a lot. I might watch it with my little sister. We always played the Lego Marvel superheroes games together. So that might be a fun little holiday break activity. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure it'll be fun. I'm sure it'll be fun enough. You know, typically what I find with those like random one-off CG and uh, cartoon shows is that it's like somebody's beginner project at like a Disney company and they just put so much like fun into it. And so sometimes you can find some of the most fun you'll have with those shows of just like being absolutely silly um, in all the right ways. So hopefully pretty good stuff. And uh, I am pretty curious as far as the world of gaming, really just about how Alan Lake 2 does. I won't play it, but I'll watch it. Um, and that's that's really it in the world of gaming. There's really not much coming out this week. It's it's pretty low. Yeah, the, <laughs> the Lego Marvel Avengers doesn't even have cast listed and it comes out in three days. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I will say I am I am genuinely unironically excited for FNAF. I, oh, I, yeah. I do think that's going to be bad. I have a feeling it's going to be bad, but my bar is set so low that it's if it if it's even like a little decent, then it's going to blow my mind. Like I'm fully anticipating like if they do a good job and actually wrote a script for this thing, then I'm going to be delighted with every minute of this because I think the FNAF lore is great and I would love to see Matt Pat talk about it. And so I really hope <laughs> that it's good. I want it to be good because I think Matthew Lillard is in it. Josh Hutcherson is the main character. So I'm like, I'm on board. I'm totally on board. I don't know if I'll, th- I'll see it in theaters. I'll try to, but in all honesty, just knowing the FNAF fandom, I don't know if I want to. I'm kind of in, in the middle of like, is this going to smell like a Comic-Con or is this going to be like an exciting event? Is it going to be like loud and noisy in all the right ways or in the wrong ways? Are people going to be like groaning at all the stuff? I don't know. I'm, I'm nervous about it, but I definitely am going to see it. Yeah, I may end up, I don't know. I have a friend who's very into FNAF, so we may end up seeing it. I've never been super into it. Because I can't, I've never been able to do the jump scares. But I really liked Security Breach. I watched two playthroughs mm-hmm. of that. And I love MatPat's videos on it. I had, mm-hmm. Despite not having watched most of the games, I have watched all of MatPat's series. <laughs> so it looks like they're trying really hard. So, they certainly yeah. are trying really hard. <laughs> that and, is uh, something. A Bloomhouse film is like either, either going to be a golden hit or it's going to be an absolute nightmare. There's really no in between. So hopefully yeah. it's a hit. We'll see. <laughs> but yeah, very cool. Exciting stuff. Let us know in the chat if you have any of those things that are doing it for you, getting you excited about the world of gaming, movies, any of that stuff. We'd love to hear about it. With that, we're going to move into our penultimate segment of the show. Meme of the week. It is our meme of the week. Our meme of the week. I am flattered and honored. It comes directly from my camera roll this time. I actually took this picture. This was not a meme that I found on the internet. This is one that I found IRL whenever I was on vacation up in Virginia. We went to a museum and there was like a maze that they were guiding us through. And if you chose the wrong answer, the maze would end. If you chose the right answer, the maze would keep going. 
And uh, this was one of the questions, and I thought it was just an absolute diss. Like, how long ago? Tyrannosaurus lived closer in time to the Apatosaurus or your mom? And I just, like, I just didn't know how to describe to my daughter how funny it was. She, like, <laughs> did not appreciate the humor. She was like, yeah, Dad, we know. We, we, we get it. Like, it's, it's clearly going to be your mom because dinosaurs were super far apart from each other and trying to teach us about how different dinosaur eras are because she's four and she's smarter than me already. But I was just here for the your mom joke. I was not anticipating. You can't tell me, first off, that that was not intentional. Whoever put this together was like a, a 22-year-old college grad who was like, knew how to work Photoshop. And so the person who put this maze together was like, Brad, would you do this? And he was like, I'm going to make a good joke here. I'm going to make a your mom joke. And he did it. And I saw it. I'm here for it. And me and Brad are on the same wavelength with this one. Um, I loved it. I loved it. Here for yeah. it. And I feel like this is the niche humor that I live for. I especially love that the the picture of the mom is like grandma age at least, mm, yeah. <laughs> and then also, so old. <laughs> and then also the the angle of the photo is just I mean it just adds to the effect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had to capture the moment in a, in a way that felt authentic because I needed people to know that I took this picture. This is a, this is a, this is an original Nathan meme here. So you're getting you're getting true to form camera format there all right that's been our meme of the week if you would like to participate in meme of the week with us then just go post in our memes and goofs section under our discord channel and the ones that typically get the most reaction are the ones that i typically do during our meme of the week segment so post there and potentially your memes will get lots of reactions and then they'll get used in next week's show with that we're going to move into the end of our show uh, but before we do that i'm going to give our guest chris our digimon turn a chance to shout anything out we don't have the czech olympics coming up this time um, but anything you would like to say or uh, or close out with i'm chris i'm the digimon turn i'm i'm still around i'm on the discord i run a bracket every so often i do a question every thursday uh, I am often on the Minecraft realm. There's a lot of new stuff there, so you should totally go check it out. The uh, infrastructure from Czech Olympics is still there, so you can always just hop on and play a mini game. Um, but yeah, other than that, I don't know, come to Mana and Mingle in DLC, but I don't have an event currently planned yet. So. Yes. And if you're curious about any of those things that Chris has been working on, you can check out the To The Point newsletter, which is to thecheckpoint.com. And you can go look at the most recent article that was posted as of this recording. And there are pictures of some of the some of the pieces of, of the Czech Olympics. So be sure to check that out. And it was great. Love to see it. Love to see people using our Minecraft realm and breathing some new life into that. So with that, we're going to wrap up the show. This has been Twig, your weekly geekly family-friendly news show delivered live on twitch.tv slash Checkpoint Church each and every week, keeping your family connected to the world of nerdy news. If you watched this far, you likely enjoyed this one. So remember to give us a five-star on your favorite podcasting app. Click that like button over on YouTube. Also, buy YouTube. And remember the, to recommend the show to all of your favorite nerds out there. And I want to mention, we do not actually have Twig next week. Next week is Halloween, and I will be enjoying Halloween with my four-year-old and almost two-year-old. I will not be streaming that night so that I can spend time with them. And I hope that if you are spending time with your family on Halloween, that you super enjoy it. Or if you're really looking forward to a stream on Halloween, I am certain there will be others out there streaming, and I wish that you would have a wonderful, wonderful time that night. With that, we're going to end this with our three things that we believe you about every single one of you out there. Number one, that God loves you, like really, really loves you. Number two, we love you. We want community with you. That's why we're doing things like Twig. That's why we're talking about nerdy news. That's why we're streaming on Twitch. It's why we're playing games together on Discord and hanging out and getting lunch and doing all sorts of stuff is because we love you. And number three, really, that you, yes, you matter. You are a person of sacred worth. The world is a better place. Why? Because you are in it. Folks, with that, until the next time that I see you, whether that be on another episode of Twig next week or over on our Discord or on our Twitch when we're streaming it live, I look forward to seeing you then. Bye-bye!